we've shared stories about <laughs> how some people would put would really just judge them for how much like how much they were not vegan or if they were ve- like it was just so much judgment and i think that that's why a lot of people also join vajimihas because they can feel like they won't be judged and that we would meet them where they're at Hi, friends, and welcome to the Green Hero Podcast. This is Ricard, founder of Green Hero, your go-to source for making plant-based eating easy and enjoyable. Each week, we'll be digging into the inspiring journeys of people who live a plant-based lifestyle to tease out the most effective and fun ways to add more plants to your life. Today's guest is Amy Quichis, speaker, activist, and founder of Veggie Mijas, a community for vegans and people interested in plant-based eating that have marginalized identities and or experience with food insecurity and food apartheid, especially vegans of color and people from the LGBT community. In 2017, Amy was starting to learn about veganism and plant-based eating, and she felt that in New York City, where she was living at the time, there was not a place for people like her. And with that, Veggie Mijas was born. It is now a sacred space for folks to share their experience with food and or having plant-based lifestyle through an intersectional lens. Veggie Mijas is all over the country with 11 active chapters throughout the United States. You can find them in Los Angeles, the Bay Area, Austin, among other. And with that, here is the conversation with Amy. Amy, welcome and thank you for joining us on our podcast. I'm super excited to get a chance to talk to you and learn more about your amazing work. So how's it going and where are you calling in from today? Hi, I'm calling from LA and I'm doing really, really well. I'm excited for, you know, the sunny weather outside. It's kind of raining. So it's really my drone. <laughs> really up my alley. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. And are you from Los Angeles originally? No, I am not. I'm actually from Queens, New York. So I'm excited to be on the sunny side. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm actually in New York today and it's it's raining here. So I, I would love some like nice and sunny weather for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really miss New York almost every day. But when I'm in the mountain or the beach, I'm like, wow, this is this is nice. Oh. <laughs> I deserve this. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So we first met at the Reducitarian Summit earlier this year when I heard you speak about Vedia Mijas and how to make plant-based food more accessible. Mm-hmm. I thought it was so interesting to hear about the need for accessibility to the vegan and plant-based community, especially for people of color and the LGBT community, and also about the focus around food insecurity and ancestral practices. So maybe to start, what did the world look like for you that made you think, I have to start something like Vedya Mijas? What was it that kickstarted this journey? That's a really great question. So for me, I think growing up in Queens, I grew up mostly closer to the airport. So there were few options of healthy foods. I would need a car to go to the supermarket. There was only like a Taco Bell or a Popeye's near my home. And if I was craving something at night, like it would have to be fast food. It wasn't 
you know, anything nutritious. But I didn't think about those things until I went to college and I started really learning about women's and gender studies. And one of my friends said, hey, if you love women's and gender studies, you should actually read a book called Sista Vegan by Dr. A. Breezy Harper. And she talks about veganism specifically related to black women and food apartheid. And I said, wow, I've never like, what is vegan? Like, what is veganism? I don't know that. And Mm -hmm. he walked me through it. And I was honestly so amazed. Like I didn't think of the concept before until, you know, I kind of just put it all together. And I was like, wow, like I went through that, but I thought that was just me or I thought that was normal, you know, and it wasn't until I realized like not everyone had that similar experience. There were obviously a lot of people that had healthy foods nearby or more options or had a whole foods next to them, you know, things like that. And I think that's what kind of sparked my want to be vegan. But every time I would enter these vegan spaces, they would all be very white mm-hmm. and not just race wise, but also consciousness it was very problematic in many senses. And I said, no, I, I need to find my own people. And that's when Mm -hmm. I created Veggie Mijas. Yeah. And what, what, can you expand a little bit more about what you mean with consciousness? You said it was not just people, but consciousness. Yeah. So I think that a lot of people grew up privileged, grew up thinking that anybody at any time can be vegan. And if people were not vegan, they were selfish. And they had this very mindset of almost policing people for being vegan and policing Mm. people of what they ate. So I've had many incidents where people have told me that I wasn't really vegan because I was picking off the chicken off the rice, even though I was picking it off because I'm not going to eat the chicken, but it's the only food that I have. So it was very like policing my food where it felt really uncomfortable. There were moments where, you know, there were protests against PETA and they would put themselves in cages and, you know, wear like furry outfits with like blood in it, but they don't think about, you know, the incident of like, literally migrant kids that were in cages or like they don't think about you know what how can someone that's triggered be triggered by by that you know by that kind of presentation like it was very very like it passed through their eyes type of thing like there was just no con- feminist consciousness to how they were applying how they wanted people to be vegan and their reasoning right like it was all very much blaming it came from a blaming sense. And from what point of view did you feel also that the the feminist point of view was missing? When I think about feminist consciousness with veganism, I think about all the intersectionalities that can apply to what is considered a ethical consumption. I think about, you know, just like what is what is a choice, what is not. Where the foods are, where the places of the foods are, they're typically there for a reason for example like the school like schools that are predominantly folks of color they all have a bodega or fast foods around them meaning but meaning if you see like other schools that are more higher end you don't see fast foods or bodegas around their corners it is very all intentional that's what I'm trying to say it's very intentional so I think that when I think about feminist consciousness, I think 
people don't normally think of those things. People don't normally think of the decolonizing of foods, but they think, oh, well, if you're not eating vegan, like you're a murderer. <laughs> they don't think about why someone typically wouldn't be drawn to veganism at first. And also, you know, like have tactics that are that are healthy tactics that make people want to feel safe and make people want to be vegan mm -hmm. not just because of the animal but also like the people right because that's what really connects us at the end of the day the food and and everything so i i don't know i think that there's just a lot that specifically white vegans need to think about and not just white vegans as like you're white and you're vegan but also your consciousness Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's really interesting. You know, like we try to bring in as many points of views as possible on this podcast. And we have been speaking to like vegan activists and, and whatnot, right? But it seems like as well that maybe veganism has kind of grown in the richer countries in the world because, you know, in the more developing world, it has always been like, there has not been so much meat. That's kind of the development ha has been. And do you feel that that is something that kind of stood out to you then? Because veganism has been very ethical and political in the sense of like, it's for animal rights. But the entry mm -hmm. point that you are talking about, like accessibility is something mm -hmm. that is not talked about and maybe not even like accepted by the vegan community. Mm -hmm. I think it is talked about in my world because of the people that are going through it. But I understand that it isn't talked about like in panels and things like that. I think it's hard because people only see their, their point of view. So they don't think about the accessibility part, which is why it's important to uplift those that do speak about it and that those that have experienced this because It's just as important. And I would say it's more important because it connects to everything. It connects to, you know, what kind of food people are getting, who's creating this kind of food, like who's working in these factories, who's getting the end of the stick by living near these factories. It's literally all people of color. So I think that, you know, just up uplifting these voices are, are very important and demanding change. So you started this in 2018. Mm -hmm. And what was it that spoke to other people within this community that they felt like, I want to join this, I'm feeling the same as you are feeling? Yeah. So to give you a bit of background of Veggie Mijas, so it actually started as a page to collect college recipes. When I say college recipes, it's just simply plant-based recipes when you're in college and you don't have time to, you know, eat very well because you're like overly stressed and have a lot of classes. And I definitely went a couple of days without eating like really well. So I think that's what really sparked me to be like, okay, what are other people eating? It was very hard to maintain because at first I was just adding my own recipes. And then once I started collecting other people's recipes, I was like, well, I don't think it should just be for college. I think it should just be overall because I am having a hard time just overall <laughs> having really great recipes under my belt. So I started collecting recipes and I created a list for like a Google form for people to fill out. And I started adding cities and countries and, you know, where you are in the state, what's your pronouns, what's your identity like, 
all of these things just to like know who's signing up for Vegemijas and what is really the need. I didn't know what I was going to do with that information, but I still wanted to have it anyway. (laughs) And it wasn't until I had over 72 people in the New York area, then I had a few people in the California area. And I was just like, wow, like this is a lot of different kinds of people. And most of them were women of color, queer people of color. And I just knew that this was something that a lot of people needed. It wasn't until one of my friends, that she wasn't my friend at the time. She was a stranger. She was like, hey, if you want, we can totally meet up in person. I know that a lot of people want to meet up from the New York sheet because I gave the sheet to everyone. Obviously, everybody knew that I was sharing it with folks before they signed up, but it was essentially to like have friends. And she was like, I would love for everyone to meet up. Why don't we create an event? And she opened her doors. I didn't know her, but she invited a whole bunch of people that everybody in the list And it was a whole potluck. When I entered the room and I saw more than like 35 people, I was like, this is insane. I cannot believe that this is my event right now. Like nobody knew me. Nobody knew who I was. It wasn't about that. It was simply about Veggie Mijas, a collective to start talking about veganism and plant-based foods around people of color. And when that photo went up on Instagram, it kind of blew up and many people from, you know, different parts of the country wanted to do the same. And we ended up having chapters in Oakland, Chicago, LA, and the list goes on from there. So with what I'm trying to say with all of this is that it really just came out of necessity, essentially. Mm-hmm. We don't recruit people. We're not out here being like, oh, we need a chapter in you know XYZ. People normally just come to us and that's why we just have the chapters organically, which is a big deal because it talks about highly how much we need food accessibility in these places. And, you know, they're doing an incredible, an incredible job in their own communities. Yeah. So is it more like people are coming from an angle of food accessibility or is it just that people want to get into the vegan plant-based community from more of a people of color and the LGBT community? I think there's many different reasons, right? especially when you're talking about a collective that comes from different parts of the world. I think that food accessibility is a big one, but also people are very passionate about the environment and want to help do beach cleanups and just, you know, cleanups around their own community. Some people have felt like they wanted to be vegan, but they have been entered through white veganism and they just weren't comfortable being in those spaces either. You know, and we've shared stories about (laughs) how some people would put, would really just judge them for how much, like how much they were not vegan or if they were vegan. Like it was just so much judgment. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why a lot of people also join Vajimijas because they can feel like they won't be judged and that we would meet them where they're at. Because in our, during our events, we never, you know, we never single out vegans and no vegans. We are simply there to start a conversation, to create friendships and help people along the way. Because one of the things that I needed when I was vegan was vegan friends (laughs) or (laughs) when I wanted to be vegan. And I think just being comfortable around these kind of, like that's literally, it sounds like the bare minimum, but it's not 
for us. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I think like culture is an identity is so important because, you know, I myself lived many years in, in Spain, in Europe, and I'm fluent in, in Spanish. And for me, I have like a big connection to the, the entire Spanish speaking world. So, so for me, food, which is so cultural, is very attached to, to the place where I've lived, the people that I spend time with, and also the language. Do you see that too, that people come to this group because it, it includes in that kind of way? And it's also something that they're not able to get here in the U.S. so easily. Yeah, no, 100%. While Veggie Mijas is mostly Latino, it is not all Latino, but when there are mostly Latinos in the room, we always go back and forth in Spanish and English, mm -hmm. like and telling stories, telling about, you know, how our parents like really disapproved of us being vegan. I'll never forget one girl shared that like her mom used to put like gajina in her, in like, like, chicken or whatever in her smoothies <laughs> but like you know like without her knowing and I don't know just the way that we say these things we laugh about it because we understand you know we we understand the cultural references and it just feels so safe versus if you tell that story in another place like they'll be like okay so you're not vegan <laughs> like they would automatically judge that but they won't understand like that our moms are like, you know, a little cuckoo banana sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. And another thing when now when we're talking about language as well, something that we've kind of touched upon is is just the the word plant based. You know, mm -hmm. you know, in English there's a, a term for plant based, which is kind of a euphemism of veganism. And you know, in Swedish there's also a term for it. But in Spanish, there's not actually a term for plant-based. Mm. There's just like vegan or vegetarian. Do you think that also for being able to, to access this community easier, it's also important the creation of these kind of words to, to get people into this community? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like wording, putting things together for people is very important. Like I say comida de plantas all the time. Mm. And, you know, some people understand it, some people don't. And it really just is about explaining. Honestly, with language for me, I think it's, it's a huge deal. And I also like don't grasp too much upon it because I'm like, I didn't even know what veganism was in the first place. So yeah. I'm not, you know, like giving people language is so important, especially with foods that, people already eat. So, you know, when I think about specifically, like, let's say like Central American food, it's, it's a lot of plant-based foods already, mm, yeah. you know, and most of our cultural stuff, like we were vegan beforehand, before it, would, it even had the name, the label veganism on it. So I think giving people that kind of ownership is important too. being like, you know, you don't, I don't have to give you a new word, but it's essentially like, this is what you already know already. And kind of owning that is important too, instead of giving them something additionally, you know, because I feel like that can also feel very overwhelming for someone mm -hmm. versus being like, Hey, you're already doing it. Just lower your dairy and meat consumption and let's add more veggies that you maybe know of or don't or have known but don't eat as much you know i think giving people that kind of 
reference and help is is more important, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, I know the only one that I've kind of seen, I've seen some focus around like vegan recipes for Asian food and stuff like that. But I've also seen this guy on YouTube. I think his name is Neto Craves or something like that. And who's focusing just vegan food and with a Latin flavor. And it's so refreshing to see that somebody is really cooking all of these recipes in a vegan way. And he also brings in a little bit his mom and like grandmother, I think, has been in in these videos as well to kind of, I think, like really help to bring, as you're saying, like family and and the community in into this to give them a, a easier access point as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think sharing recipes that we have grown up with and adding you know, our our tradition to it or, or what our tradition seems to be cultural is, is so important. I remember when I first became vegan and I started doing Vegemihas pop-ups, this Colombian girl, she used to bring all the time because I used to tell her since the first time she brought it, she brought empanadas with guava and vegan queso. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like they were so bomb. And I was like, damn, I don't <laughs> remember the last time I had like cheese, guava, empanadas that were just so delicious. So I feel like it's just so important to see what other people are creating because it really does give you a lot of great memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. And what's next for Vegimijas right now? Like, how do you want it to grow and how do you see it moving forward? Yeah. So I think for me, growing is not necessarily expansion, but more growing within Vajimijas, like making sure our team is stronger, making sure our team, you know, has all the tools and resources to succeed. What does it mean to be a really great organizer? How can we help? How can we help out with burnout? I think I, what I want the most is for everyone to always feel safe and for everyone to really know why we're doing this and know the mission. I think that having such a strong inner community would do so much good for the outer community. So I feel like that's always my priority. And then as in terms of like any next steps, I think honestly for us is always just being involved with with where we're at, whether that is creating events, continuing with our community fridge in Chicago, giving out food for people, doing clothing drives. I think that those are all the things that that drive us and, and move us forward. Yeah, that sounds really great. And who impresses you at the moment in the plant-based space? Do you is there anybody that you think is doing something really awesome that people should check out? Yeah, honestly, I think it's the younger generation that really impresses me. I think that young people just know what they want and and know what they're demanding and they're constantly doing things like if I was that young and I was doing things, I'd be like so lazy about it. (laughs) So I think that just like younger activists always inspire me. And I'm having a person in mind right now. Her name is Genesis Butler. I'm pretty sure if you know her, she's a 
Marvel queen. <laughs> so you can find out more of her on Disney Plus. But she has like her own farm sanctuary and she like helps animals and she, you know, inspires people to be vegan and plant based. And she's just really incredible. And she's so young. Like we DM, you know, she's like, I love Hello Kitty. And I'm like, same. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I love seeing her just be great and be vulnerable and, and do a lot. And I love the people that are behind her as well and her mom. Oh, that sounds awesome. And is she US-based or is she is in some other country? No, she's US-based, yeah. Oh, she's US-based. Okay. Yeah, I was not familiar with her. And where can people find Veggie Mijas online and even in person, right? Because you are now located all over the US and how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so people can get in touch by following Veggie Mijas on Instagram and going on VeggieMijas.com. On our Instagram, we have a form that people can fill out. They put in their city, where they're at, and then the organizers from that city, whenever they have an event, they will contact you about it. So that is the way to sign up and get to know all the things that we're doing. All right. That sounds really good. All right, Amy, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and good luck with Veggie Mijas in the future. Thank you so much. That was our episode for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. The Green Hero Podcast was produced by Andrew Rojek and I'm your host, Ricard Bjergdahl. I'll see you next week for another conversation from our colorful plant-based world. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with a friend. If you haven't already, you can also find Green Hero in the App Store. Download our app and start enjoying a plant-based lifestyle today. You can also find us on the web at the URL greenhero.life and on Twitter and Instagram where we operate under the handle Green Hero Life. All right, see you next week. Bye-bye.